Do you feel stuck in life, perhaps relationally, financially, or spiritually? The wheels are spinning, but nothing seems to change. Well, today on Bold Steps Weekend, Mark Joby sharing the keys to change. Well, when you want God more than anything else, when you are serious about it, intent about it, when you really hunger for God, that is when God responds. That's when God shows up. That's when God says, I finally found someone that really wants me. Welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Well, as the cold approaches us here in the Midwest and we're reminded of being stuck in the snow, the spinning tires, the cold, wet feet, some of us have actually been physically stuck, unable to move, maybe spiritually panicking a little bit about what we need to do to get unstuck. Mark, that's our theme today as we look at a man in the Bible who is also very stuck. You know, I love this story, Wayne, because we all can relate to the idea of being in a place that we don't want to be, stuck in a situation, and um, being so desperate that we call out to God. Mm -hmm. And what strikes me about this story is that the people around this blind man who feels stuck, very, very stuck for a long time, are telling him, be quiet, don't cause a scene, (laughs) but he is so desperate that he raises his voice, calls out more. He's desperate to get the attention of Jesus. All right, we're going to turn to Mark chapter 10 now. The story, of course, is the story of Bartimaeus. Let's learn together as Mark opens God's Word here on Bold Steps Weekend. And maybe some of you got stuck in the snow. Anybody here get stuck in a driveway in a snow? Yeah, I was walking down the street and there was a mailman with his truck and he was stuck. And he was just spinning his wheels, and he was all frustrated getting out of the truck. And so me and another guy started to push him out, and we got all dirty because his wheels were spinning. And it took four of us to push this guy out, and he was very grateful because, especially as a mailman, you don't want to be stuck. It's a terrible place to be. Maybe you find yourself in a relational situation where you feel stuck, or maybe you find yourself in a financial situation where you feel stuck with payments that are overwhelming you and you just feel like you can't get ahead, your wheels are spinning, you're trying to get ahead, but you can't get ahead and you throw up your arms and you say, I feel stuck and I'm frustrated because of it. This morning we're going to look at the story of a man who was stuck. But particularly, I want to talk to you this morning if you feel spiritually stuck. Because I believe at times in life we find ourselves in a spiritual predicament where we feel like we have few options, few doors of opportunity. We feel stuck and we're frustrated because of it. I believe that God does not want you ultimately stuck. Now you may be in a waiting room and sometimes God has a waiting room for you. But if you're in a position where you're not moving forward spiritually, I believe today God wants you out of that. Amen? Mark chapter 10, I'm going to begin reading in verse 46. Now, this is leading up to the final days of Jesus here on earth. In fact, if you look at chapter 11, the very next story is about the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem 
And this is where we celebrate Palm Sunday. This is where the crowd was singing Hosanna, Hosanna, throwing palm branches and their coats in front of Jesus that was uh, going through prophetically Jerusalem on a donkey. And this this is the story right before Jesus' triumphal entry. Verse 46 of Mark chapter 10 says, Then Jesus came to Jericho. Now, Jericho was a town that was about 15 miles away from Jerusalem. Jesus was on his way to Jericho. Do you remember, uh, does that name Jericho ring a bell? Hundreds of years before Joshua had entered the land of Cana and had defeated Jericho with the going around uh, Jericho seven times, blowing the trumpets and the walls came down. That was old Jericho. It was in ruins. And they had built a new Jericho. Jesus was on his way out of Jericho on mission, and this is the final public healing that's recorded before Jesus went to the cross. It's recorded in three of the Gospels, and here's what we need to understand about the narratives that are found in the Gospels. Every story in Scripture is there for a reason. It's there for a reason because there's a lesson to be learned. There's a teaching that God has given us. Uh, There's a spiritual principle that can apply to us in the here and the now. And I believe the story of blind Bartimaeus is is in Scripture for you. I believe that God wants to speak to you this morning out of this story. God has a word for you. God has a lesson for you. If you're willing to open up your spiritual ears and hear what he has to say. Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, that is, son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus, his name means son of high honor. The word bar means son and Timaeus means high honor. Now in the Jewish culture, parents would name their children almost prophetically of what they thought they would be or become. Uh, You would name your child according to, and and not always at birth, sometimes they would wait a while before they named their children, but the name of their child was indicative of what they were experiencing or what their child was to become. In fact, in the Old Testament, some people named their child bitterness or sorrow because they were in the middle of a lot of sorrow. How would you like to go around and say, my name is bitterness? In Spanish, we do that as, as well sometimes, right? Desamparada. You ever heard that? My name is Socorro. You know, Socorro means help. You know, we have some interesting names in Spanish, right? Yeah. Um, I, I know several people whose names are Dolores. You know what that means? Pain. Hi, my name is Pains. Okay, well, you know, your mother must have had a real tough delivery when she named you, right? 
But in the Jewish culture, they would name people, they would name their children according to what they envision their children becoming. When this child was born, the father had named this child high honor. And we read later in the passage that it seems that this child was born with sight, but somehow later on, because of the verbiage that's used when he says, I want to regain my sight, it seems to imply that Bartimaeus at one time had sight, but somehow had lost it down through the years. But I imagine that his parents thought when he was born that he would be someone that people would look up to in the future. Maybe they envisioned that he would be a, 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 a governor of some sort or that he would be a community civic leader. Maybe they thought he would be a doctor that would cure people or that he would be uh, someone, a wealthy man in the community, a business owner. And they thought maybe that as he grew up that people would say, oh look, there's a man of high honor. They had dreams for him, visions of him having a place of authority. But now, years later, Bartimaeus was a beggar. Yeah, a beggar. There was no social security system. There was no modern day school of the blind where people are taught to use their skills and make a living on their own. If you were blind, you had one way of sustaining yourself. If your family couldn't sustain you, you had to go to the street, put out your blanket, and depend on the charity of other people. Now as people walk by, son of high honor, they had mercy and compassion on him. They would look at him and say, poor guy, here's a few coins. Uh, they would look at him and see his, the whites of his eyes and the blanket out and him saying, have mercy, please, a donation, please. And now his name had become almost a joke. High honor? No, not high honor. Poor guy. Low esteem. Living on rags. Off the mercy of other people. And this man, I can guarantee you, felt absolutely 100% stuck in life. I mean, after all, he didn't wish to be blind. He just encountered blindness. He didn't wish to be a beggar. He had dreams for his life. Ambition for his life. But now he's found in a place where it seems like life has given him little options. Few choices. And he's stuck in a destiny of defeat. Stuck in a destiny of poverty. A destiny where it seems like life has dealt him a bad hand. Maybe some of you are here and you feel that way this morning. You feel like, I don't have any options, Pastor, in my life. I feel like I'm stuck. Maybe because of my decisions in life. Maybe because life just happened to me and bad things happened to me and I feel like I'm stuck. I can't go forward. It's not what I dreamed of being. It's not what I planned. It's not where I wanted to be. But it looks like my future and my destiny is pretty bleak. I feel like I don't have many options to move forward in life. 
And that's just where I am right now. And I love it because in the midst of his despair, he hears that Jesus is coming through. Oh, I love that. Jesus is coming through town. You see, if you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write this down. Because I believe there's several things you need to know if you are stuck and breaking out of that place of being stuck in your journey towards change. And we'll get to those points in just a minute. This is Bold Steps Weekend. If you just joined us, Mark Job is profiling the desperate situation of Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10. And if you'd like to hear this message from the beginning or catch up on an earlier message from our current series, Bullseye Living, Staying on Target with God, be sure to visit our website at boldstepsweekend.org. Or download these messages and listen from anywhere, anytime by subscribing to our podcast. Go to your favorite podcast platform and search for Bold Steps Weekend with Dr. Mark Job. And for even more ways to listen and connect with us wherever you are, just visit our website, boldstepsweekend.org. Now, let's dive back into Mark's message and the first principle of getting unstuck here on Bold Steps Weekend. And write this principle down. First of all, you must not allow the people around you to discourage the intensity of your pursuit of God. Notice what happens. It says that, Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, and a blind man, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. Verse 47, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. He wasn't just saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Now, in fact, this guy was so loud, so obnoxious, so intent, so convinced that he wanted to get Jesus' attention, that it says in verse 48, the crowd around him started rebuking him. It says, many rebuked him and told him, quiet. In fact, in the Greek, it means they commanded him be quiet. I mean, he had to be pretty loud in a big crowd for people to say, shut up, blind man. Be quiet. I'm trying to hear. I don't know. Have you ever been in a crowd of people, especially when there's a celebrity that people want to get their attention and someone is like an out-of-control fan? Have you ever been around that? Well, a few years ago, there was a family here in the church that got selected for extreme home makeover. Do you remember that? And, and they lived uh, near Mount Sinai. It was, a, it was a family that we knew, and I've known them for a long time. And they were selected for an extreme home makeover. And so many people from New Life helped out with the demo of the house. And they gutted the house and built really a, almost a brand new house. Well, because my, my, my wife wanted to go there that day, I think she wanted to say, move that bus, okay? So reluctantly, I agreed to go out there. We knew the family, thought it would be a fun thing, and the kids were there. 
And so when we got there to this extreme home makeover and the family was going to show up and we, everybody was going to shout, move that bus. There he was, the host and celebrity of the show, Ty. You know, spiked hair, Ty. And so we're there in the crowd waiting for them to move that bus. And there was a few girls behind me that obviously were very infatuated with Ty. Because as soon as Ty walked out in front down the street, several of them started screaming and screeching and jumping up and down. Ty! Ty! In fact, one of them was really hysterical, and she was just flinging her arms. I can't believe it. It's Ty! And going, waving and Ty! And screaming, Ty! Here I am! Ty! Over here! I wanted to say, could you please be quiet? I mean... I'm going deaf in this ear because she was just like an out-of-control fan. Just making, I'm sure if she saw videos of herself later on, she'd be embarrassed about how out of control she was, but she really wanted to get the attention of this celebrity. That's probably a bit how people felt about the blind man. He was yelling the name of Jesus. Now, he was calling him... The way he calls them gives us a little bit of indication of what he thought about Jesus. Because he doesn't just say Jesus of Nazareth. He says Jesus, son of David. Now, why would he call him son of David? Well, here's the thing. If you were part of the Jewish culture, you would know exactly what son of David meant. Because the Messiah... It's predicted in the Old Testament that the Messiah would be of the lineage of King David. So therefore, when this blind man was saying, Jesus, son of David, what he was indicating is, Jesus, you are the Messiah, the chosen one. I believe in you. I'm over here. Now, here's what I want you to know and understand about Jesus. I love this about Jesus. And we see it not only in this account, but we see it in a lot of accounts in Scripture, is that the thing about Jesus is that Jesus is never embarrassed by people that are seriously seeking Him. Never. In fact, the crowd was telling this man, be quiet, but Jesus took note of his intensity. What I love about Jesus is when there's a sincere heart that's serious about seeking Him. Remember the the, the men that, that, that brought the paralytic to Jesus and made a hole in the roof? Jesus didn't say, hey, what are you doing to this roof? Jesus was pleased at their faith because they were sincere and seeking. Jesus is never embarrassed by people that are seriously, desperately, earnestly seeking him. And sometimes people around you will try to calm you down. Sometimes people around you will try to make you feel like your intensity for the things of God are a little overboard. I don't know, maybe when you got serious about God, some people started talking to you and say, you know, you're a little bit fanatic here, aren't you? I don't know if anybody here has been called a fanatic. If anybody here, your family member feels like, well, you're a little overboard. You're going to church again? I mean, weren't you there just last Sunday? Oh, you're one of the little holy roller people now, huh? Hey, what's going on with you? It's good that you believe in God, but aren't you getting like a little too into this God stuff? I mean, you're talking about it. It's on the radio. You're reading books. You're praying. It seems like you're really into this God thing. Maybe you need to cool it a little bit. Some people around you 
When you say I'm gonna fast and pray, people will say, what, you're gonna what? Don't you think you may starve to death? I mean, isn't that a little intense? Because there's some people around you, as you start getting serious about the things of God, some people around you that will try to discourage your earnest pursuit of God. In fact, there may be some people around you that when you really get sincere about things of God, they may be a little bit embarrassed by your passion and enthusiasm. Uh, they're not sure they want you to pray at the family meal because you may be a little too into it. Uh, they're not sure they want you to talk about spiritual things around the family because you seem a little bit extreme like you're really, really into it. They avoid the topic altogether. They want you to be calm. They don't want... Some of us are afraid of really intensely, with all of our heart, pursuing the heart of God. Can I tell you something, though? The Bible makes this clear all over Scripture. Jeremiah 29, 13. God says via the prophet... You will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. You see, when you get serious about God, when you want God more than what you want food, when you want God more than you want to see American Idol, when you want God more than anything else, when you are serious about it, intent about it, when you really hunger for God and your heart desires God in a deep way, the Bible says that when you seek Him with all of your heart, that is when God responds. That's when God shows up. That's when God says, I finally found someone that really wants me. There's a lot of people that kind of want God a little bit, but they don't want God to make their life too uncomfortable. You know what makes us intense about our, see our, our seeking God? We all desperately need God. Do you know that? We all really need God, but we don't all know we really need God. Usually what makes us really know we need God is a crisis. It's a crisis. You see, every single person here needs God to live, to survive, to breathe. It's the mercy of God that keeps you alive, breathing, living. But here's what I want you to understand, that oftentimes it's crisis in our life that magnifies our need for God. We need Him as desperately now as we do in crisis, but crisis magnifies our need for Him. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job and the first part of a message titled, Bartimaeus the Blind Man. We'll continue this message next weekend, so be sure to join us then. In the meantime, feel free to listen to any message you might have missed so far in our series called Bullseye Living, Staying on Target with God, by going online to boldstepsweekend.org. Mark, I know there are many listeners who are going through a hard time right now, and for some of them, life feels a little out of control, and maybe they're asking the question, is God still in control? Yeah, and so if you're going through a hard time right now, and I, I just want to say, first of all, we empathize. Just this past week, I've prayed for people who've lost loved ones, who are going through a messy divorce, mm -hmm. who are struggling with cancer. There's no easy answers. However, there is a place, and I just want to remind you this, there is something that God is doing right now, that you're not anonymous, God has not abandoned you, God has not forgotten you, there is something that God is doing in the midst of the difficult trauma and the mess. And I love uh, Max Lucado's book, God Will Use This for Good, Surviving the Mess of Life. I like that word, mess, huh? Yeah, because in a very clear way, this is a very little book, 56 pages, but 
The way only Max Lucado can do, he breaks it down to an understandable way, if you're in the middle of a mess, that this mess has a purpose, that God hasn't abandoned you, and that God will use it for the good. So if you are feeling caught in one of life's storms or things just feel messy, as we say, we'd like to send you Max Lucado's book, God Will Use This for Good, when you give a gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. Just call 866-535-5580. That's 866-535-5580. Or go online to boldstepsweekend.org. And if it's easier, you can send your donation and request for the book, God Will Use This for Good, to Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Once again, our address is 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And if you'd like to connect with our Bold Steps community, feel free to join us on social media by liking or following our pages on Facebook or Instagram. It's a great way to connect with us in real time. So find us today on either of our pages by searching for Bold Steps Radio. You can also now subscribe to our YouTube channel where you'll find some great video content and special teachings from Mark on subjects ranging from the power of prayer and dealing with grief to what it means to be living on mission. To connect with us on YouTube, search for Bold Steps Radio or type in youtube.com slash at Bold Steps Radio. And then don't forget to hit the subscribe button. By the way, if you'd like to hear even more Bible teaching from Mark throughout the week, be sure to join us each weekday on Bold Steps. If you can't find our daily program in your local station, just go to boldstepsradio.org to find more ways to listen. That's our time for today, but thanks for joining us. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you to join us again next week when Mark concludes our series, Bullseye Living, with the final half of his message, Bartimaeus the Blind Man. That's next week on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Joe. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.